everyone. Welcome to Amago Season 1, Episode 48, A Survivor's Story. I'm your host, Vanessa Brown. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. This evening, I am delighted to have Kim Miller with me on the at the Omega Studios. And so Kim describes herself as a person who loves life and sharing the goodness of the Lord. She is a three-year breast cancer survivor. She is originally from Brooklyn, New York, but spent most of her growing years in North Carolina. Kim and her family have lived in this area since 2012. She is a proud graduate of North Carolina Central University uh-huh. with a bachelor's degree in public administration. Kim served in the United States Marine Corps for four years, and she married the love of her life, Greg Miller. And she's honored to say that she is his wife. And she is the wife to a wonderful husband of 34 years. Kim and Greg have two beautiful adult daughters, Kyra and Ja'Kayla. Kim has served the community as a certified housing and credit counselor and assisted with many projects and events for the past eight years. She enjoys her time now at the YMCA, traveling and being with her family. Kim and I met several years ago at a local ministry, and we quickly bonded. She (laughs) is, I know, for a matter of fact, a praying woman who chases God to worship him. (laughs) Webster's Dictionary defines a survivor as a person who survives, especially a person remaining alive after an event which others have died. So Kim is for sure a survivor. Ladies and gentlemen, I am honored again to have my friend on the Omega podcast with me, Kim Miller. Hi, sis. Hello. How are you, (laughs) Sister Vanessa? So good to be here. (laughs) It is good to see you again, and it's great to have you um, on the podcast with me. Um, So... October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I could not let this month pass without using this platform to shed some light on this disease and how it's impacting the lives of women, but also to let the world know that God is able, right? Yes, he is. (laughs) Indeed, he's still in the healing business. Yes, he is. He is. So I wanted to have you on tonight so you could share your story um, and and tell us just how uh, this ordeal has impacted you and mm-hmm. um, just really just to tell your story and tell us about your journey. So I think one of the first things that I would ask you is like, what was your experience like when you were diagnosed with breast cancer? So actually, once I was diagnosed, um, I actually received a phone call because at that time it was during COVID. Mm-hmm. So that was in April of 2020. So the doctor actually called me on the phone. So when he called me on the phone for me, of course, at first, it was like I went dead silent, just in off, you know, just like, oh, how can this be in my mind? Mm-hmm. So I immediately shared it with my spouse and um, with my children. 
whom at first they were very um, upset, but we know for ourselves who the Lord is in our lives. Mm -hmm. So we were able to just gather together as a family and just discuss my will to live. So with my will to live, we were going to do whatever it took to fight the um, diagnosis of breast cancer. How do how did the the diagnose and if it did how did the diagnosis and if it did impact your relationship with God? Actually, um, I didn't have the question of why me, God, mm-hmm. but I did have. Um, I was a little. I can't say that I wasn't upset inside. Mm-hmm. I was a little afraid. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what to expect, but it did not shake my faith. I immediately knew to pray. I immediately knew it with my relationship with God that no more could happen to me than God allowed. And mm-hmm. if he allowed it, that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that he would get me through it. So I really didn't go through a phase of being, as I say, angry at God or just totally um, losing my faith or anything like that. Actually, Mm -hmm. I just took it one day at a time and I had no choice but to trust him. When when your doctor did call you, Kim, what did he, what was the level of the diagnosis? At the time, he just, because I actually went in for a mammogram, it was time for my mammogram. Mm -hmm. So they basically told me it was just swollen lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. So um, when he called me back, you know, he was just giving me um, my results. So he basically his words to me were uh, when he started out with, I'm sorry to have to let you know. And then for me, I knew immediately mm-hmm. that um, your diagnosed that your results are positive for breast cancer. And that was the basis of my very first phone call. And then he let me know that a nurse would contact me set up an appointment with um, an oncologist and they would sit with me and explain the process that I would be going through. And mind you, at that time, since it was during COVID, Mm -hmm. I really, I had to ask for my husband to come to my first appointment, which they allowed. And after that, he wasn't able. But during that um, time that we, that I received my diagnosis, I received it, I believe on a Tuesday, I was in the doctor's office on a Wednesday, um, speaking um, with the oncologist who sat and explained everything to me. At that time, I didn't know what stage mm-hmm. I was in. And um, they believe um, from my results that it was stage two, but once I actually had my surgery, it was stage three cancer. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. so, and the reason why I ask that and why it's, it's important for me now, I am, I'm hearing the diagnosis more frequently. Um, and uh, so it was, I think a week ago, um, a, a friend of mine who I grew up with, we've been childhood friends. Our mothers were best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, when she, she called me to say at first, almost the same thing, um, that you were describing that they said that there was something unusual about her mammogram and she called and we prayed. Um, and then she just called me back last week to say that, you know, the official diagnosis is that it was stage one. Um, and I think it's important for, because we keep hearing that women that, you know, they have breast cancer, you have breast cancer, but 
there is this level of dread and this level of fear, but it, it really, at this point, uh, oftentimes it's how soon it's caught, what, what stage was it caught in? And I think, you know, one of the reasons, primary reasons I wanted to have you on one was just your level, your extreme level of, of bravery. Um, because I, again, you know, I saw you go through this part of the way, not every day, but you know, I, I saw, I saw the grace that you carried when you walked through it. But I think it's important for us as women to, um, to not be silent, right? To, to say, right. okay, yes, I have, I had, or had stage one or stage two breast cancer, but here I am, you know, for those women who right. are now facing it to be able um, to see that you did survive, you know, right. Um, right. and, and that it's not an immediate death sentence because I, I feel like sometimes as soon as, you know, we're all afraid of the big C word, you know, that right. it's, it's that, and it, it's not. Um, how did you, how did you cope with the, the diagnosis? You, you talked about that a little bit, but how did you cope with the diagnosis and, and the treatment? Let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. As far as the diagnosis, um, they gave it to me in stages. Like mm-hmm. they didn't overwhelm me with everything mm-hmm. that would be taking place on my journey, which I believe they do that so that you are not so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So they gave it to me in bits and pieces, which um, they let me know that they were going to, of course, do everything they could to help me. They gave me my options of whether or not I wanted to have a mastectomy or just, you know, just not even have to go through the chemo or take the medication. And at that time, because I was very unknowledgeable, I pretty much wanted to take the doctor's advice, whom I trusted at that time, mm-hmm. and do what I deemed was um, best for me. And at that mm-hmm. time, it was just removing the cancer. So I was able to have the surgery and still keep my girls, as I call them, um, mm-hmm. and they were able to move the can- remove the cancer. So um, for me, and coping with that, once I knew that they were able to get everything, Going through the rest of the process was just, I had to take it one day at a time because I didn't know the effects that chemo would have on me because it is different with each individual. Mm -hmm. And um, that part, and I will tell you the truth that some days were harder than others. It was a lot of different phases that I went through with that. Hoping I had to take it one day at a time because um, some days I would go to chemo and, you know, I'd be okay. And then you know, further as I got along, you know, you lose things like your taste in your mouth mm-hmm. or you might have sores in your mouth or different things. So I just learned to just take it one stage at a time, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, to try not to um, and to keep my head clear, which meant that I, I did have a great support system. And that matters to have surround yourself with people that can support you. Um, Like I said, it was during COVID. My husband was here. My daughter was here. I had um, my sister and my dad and my niece came every time I had my treatment. So I would just suggest to women to have, if you can have a good support system, allow people to help you, to help you. And um, don't be afraid to tell them because and I was able to talk. I had a sister who also had ovarian cancer at the mm-hmm. time. So I was able to talk to her. We would talk once a week and she would tell me different things that I felt very comfortable speaking with her because she had gone through, but even though it was a different type of cancer, mm-hmm. we had experienced some of the same side effects with the chemotherapy. 
So it's having a good support system is what helped me to cope having praying sisters like you and a church family and family members that were praying. And although for me, and I have to be totally honest, when I first received the diagnosis, I didn't immediately tell a lot of people. Right. One, I didn't tell a lot of people because I was still trying to grasp what was happening in my world. One. Mm-hmm. Two, since we were right in the heat of COVID, I felt like a lot of people were at that time dying. Yes. So yeah. I, I, I just had empathy and and for other people that are going through and feeling like mine is minor to someone with COVID and that are, you know, their family is dying. They can't. So I kind of dealt with that at some point. And I always feel like in the process of what I was going through is learning to pray for others. So that's, that's kind of, that's like hope mainly with my diagnosis. And like I said, just taking it one day at a time instead of trying to see the end in the beginning mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. only God knows. Only God knows. Ending will be. Yes. Right. So right. It, it, it makes you increase your faith. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my questions and almost in that same vein is like, so what would you say? And I noticed it's probably difficult for you, but what would you say would be like three things? Or if you don't have three, give me a couple of things that you learned about God during your journey. So during my journey, um, I became, of course, more intense in my prayer, in mm-hmm. my prayer life. Just being still which is my favorite scripture, being still and knowing that he is God and that the Lord, sometimes even he's silent sometimes with us. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of questions. Sometimes he's silent. So I I learned to really bring that scripture to life, to be still and know that he is God. So Mm -hmm. um, that caused me to increase my faith and to know with the Lord that he was for me to... He is well able, mm-hmm. you know, to do above all I can ask or think. So I learned him as healer in a whole different light for me. So yeah. he became such my personal healer when I couldn't maybe share with Greg or maybe share with you or I knew at that time mm-hmm. that God was listening. It just, it, it caused me to be more in tune to the Holy Spirit because some things I've just, I just dealt with and didn't always share every little tidbit thing of it. So Mm -hmm. it just taught me to trust the Lord more. I got to know him in that light. Yeah, it's, um, it is, I think it's in those times, um, when you, when you feel the affliction, it's, you know, I, I kind of think about like the three Hebrew boys, like, you know, you Mm -hmm. are literally, you're in the The fire fire. and he, and he is not coming to get you out. Right. You know, like you, you're in it, but you have to go through it, you know? Right. Um, and it is such a big, uh, it's a big test of our faith. Um, I, you know, I, I cannot even relate to what you were going through as far as having cancer, but I know it was the same thing when I, when they told me like, you have to have a craniotomy or you're going to be dead. You know, I was like, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was you know, having that moment with God to say like, okay, I'm really going to have to go through this. Like you, you, you're not going to do anything about this. Like you go, right. <laughs> you are really going to make me walk this out. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you really going to make me walk it out. But, um, 
you do get to learn him in such a different way. And it was you do. one of, yeah, one of the reasons why I even wanted to start this podcast was to get people talking about like, how did your fiery furnace experience, uh, what did that fire experience teach you about God? And what did it do for your relationship with God? Because, you know, it, it totally, it changed my relationship with him. As you said, it's like, right. it was just many days, just me and him, you know, That's and right. like, okay, dad, what, what do you have to say? And you know, what, what's going to happen next? What do you want me to do? And so, um, you're absolutely right. Being still and just knowing you just, you just know, you just know. And, and for me too, it also matured me in a way to, as they say, not to major in the minor. So mm. some things that maybe would have bothered me at some point, yeah. I learned the importance of what it meant to just live life, to love life and, and just let some things just roll off of your bank. Is it, you know, so that really taught me um, just to trust him. I, I, I just love him. Yeah. <laughs> More than words can say. You know, there's no, no way to package it. It's just right. when you get in that spot, as you said, and, and we can both relate to that. It's just, you knew, and I knew without a shadow of a doubt, it was nobody but God. Right. Nobody, Nobody but God. But God. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what are some challenges um, you faced during your recovery? So during my recovery, um, like after I did my actual chemo, mm-hmm. then I, they didn't tell me in the very beginning about the 30 rounds of radiation that I would mm. go to go through after that. So on that day, I did cry. Um, I had a couple occasions I cried. One, when I didn't think I would cry, was when my hair started to fall out. Mm-hmm. And it was on Mother's Day. I was combing my hair after getting out of the tub, and the, my hair just started coming out. So I cried a little bit there. But then the second time was when they told me I was, because I was thinking after I had the surgery, that was it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I knew it would be some things along the way. But to hear now, you got to go 30 rounds of radiation. You're going to be gumming every single day, you know, over a period of 30 days. Minus the weekend, so like a month and a half or so, because you have to count the weekends, and I didn't go in the weekends. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how to um, deal with that, but I did, you know, with the actual radiation treatments, you deal with the burning, you know, from the radiation. So I had to deal with that um, under your breast. And um, so I dealt with that. And then the, the process after that, I was um, at the mic. I'll back up a little bit. So after my surgery, before the chemo, I had a, a blood clot in my leg that I didn't know about. I was walking I and felt that. some pain. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it the pain didn't go away. So I told my husband, I go, we went to ER. And the ER doctor that I first saw, we don't see anything. We'll let you go back home if you have any more pain. And then another doctor decided to give me a, a CAT scan and to test me. And I had actually two blood clots in my leg and one that was in my chest. So that is another but God moment because Todd, he's not quickening the gentleman's spirit to test me further. Mm-hmm. I would have went home and who's to say how my journey would have been at that point or and how says, it would have ended. Right. Since I got one better, that was probably not even a gentleman. It was probably an angel that said, Oh yes. No, you- <laughs> 
No, you're not yes. sending her home. Yes. No, we're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was the little things um, like that. And then after the for radiation, then I was mm-hmm. on chemo pills. So along with after I had the blood clot, I had to be on elo- Eloquist for mm-hmm. six months, the blood thinner for six months. So and on top of that, then I was on chemo medication. So that chemo medication started after the radiation. So I was on that for months. Mm-hmm. So when you, um, the whole process, like I said, it came in batches. And the medication that I took orally, I had more side effects than I did with the actual chemo. Wow. You know, the chemo. So yeah. I walked away with that with like um, my hands would peel, you know, really bad. And I would have to wear, literally have to wear gloves because mm-hmm. I continue to work through the process. So I would have to wear gloves where my hands would um, would just peel and hurt. Also, the neuropathy in my feet was very bad. It was days that my husband, bless his heart, would have to just literally rub my feet in tears. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of little things along the way in the journey. That's why I say take it one day at mm-hmm. a time but um that was a very painful time for me and I still have um the residue from the neuropathy, the neuropathy in my feet but mm-hmm. I thank God if that's the majority of what I deal with now so that's those were some of the things that I kind of that had my highs and lows on my journey as well did they did they like warn you of some of the things that you might face as far as you know some of the challenges why they give you quite a bit to read, of course, mm-hmm. and let you know some of the side effects that you may receive from it. And neuropathy was one of the side effects. But because I didn't know exactly researching what neuropathy was as a mm-hmm. nerve damage, it actually damages the nerves in whatever part of the body, mind, or feet and hands at the mm-hmm. time but mainly my feet. So, you know, how you say, okay, I'll, I'll get through this process, but mm-hmm. here I am in 2023 and I still deal with the pain from the neuropathy. So there is some residue, but I, like I said, I thank God that, you know, it's not any worse right. that I can right. actually deal with it. So what are some things um, that you are, are grateful for during your journey? For one, as I spoke of earlier, my village, mm-hmm. knowing that my husband was able to be with me at the time, um, I didn't want for anything. Um, knowing that I had um, people of yourself, and my family that were praying for me because that really mattered. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was grateful for that. Grateful for um, my process not being, um, I was, even though I was in stage three, and didn't know I was in stage three, mm-hmm. just the way God kept my mind, I was still able to find peace. I was still able to um, enjoy the moments that I weren't, I was not in my um, process of having my chemo. And during that time, my daughter and I became even closer, my youngest daughter, who was mm-hmm. in the home with me. We walked on the weeks that I didn't have my treatment, I would walk five to six miles a day. And we would just walk through the neighborhood and that gave us time to walk and talk and pray. And mm-hmm. the mental state of mind that I was in, being able to do that, 
I was blessed beyond measure. And then I knew I was helping myself physically because I wasn't just sitting right. and thinking about what I was going through. I was able to get some fresh air. I was able to continue to fight as much as I could in the physical because it really takes a toll on your body. So yeah. I was able to do those things and very grateful. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I have been, and it, it seems like the Lord keeps bringing it up, but it's um, the, this, uh, I don't want to say the capacity of our mind, but the <laughs> fact that, that we think with our heart and, and then we, we actually manifest it. Right. So it's, right. it is the soundness of our mind. Um, I think the last episode in the podcast, um, I was talking about the light of the gospel and how it illuminates our mind. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it helps us to think differently, right? Because there's, I, people say to me all the time, like sometimes like, I don't really, I think react the way maybe other people would react to, you know, to bad news or to death or to sickness. But for me now, sis, it's just like, it's my, my mind is different because again, I think it goes back to what you said. It's the knowing, you know, like, okay, but I, I know, and it, you have to know in order to control your, your mind, because as a man thinketh, so is he. And so Mm -hmm. If you let your mind go, if you let your mind spiral, if you, you know, if you let your mind think that you're not going to make it, then so, so be it because that's what you're thinking. But when you know who it is that's in charge of your life, who it is that's going to determine that that other doctor is not going to let you leave the hospital, you know, you know, right. right. So go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then relationship It is so important to have that relationship with God, because even at the moment where you're not sure sometimes in the very beginning, if I'm going to live or if I'm going to die, because I knew my relationship with with Christ was already intact. If the Lord was to take me and I knew my destination. So that that for me helped to keep that fear of dying away. Right. Right. You know, a lot of times, that you know, we, we say, oh, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. But heaven is our game. It's our game. It's but, our game. you know, but you, you can't live in that state of mortality of every moment. Am I going to live? Am I going to live? It's just a matter of trusting him. But right. it comes with relationship with him, accepting him in your heart and just allowing him to be Lord. Right, right. So what... um what advice would you give other women who, who are going through breast cancer right now? Also, be knowledgeable first about um, what, your diagnosis. Read, learn as much as you can for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then have that intimate relationship with the Lord because he will sustain you. He will keep you. He's well able, as I stated, to do before we could ever ask or think. And to just find something that you enjoy doing and do that. Find yourself even in the midst of your pain to maybe encourage someone else or to 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 find basically something to keep your mind stayed mm-hmm. in a, in, on him and then in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Because that matters. Our mentality, our state of mind plays a big role in our healing. Yes. Yes, it does. So it's it's mindset. 
I was going to um I was going to bring up the point again when you're saying that even though you were going through this journey um and your recovery that you focused a lot on praying for other people. Talk to me a little bit about that. Fine. So normally each day I would go up because I have a, what I call my friend closet and I would just go up and I call it the upper room. I have an upper room upstairs and I would go and I would just lay before the Lord. Of course, we knew a lot was going on because like I said, at that time it was during COVID and, um, so you knew one to pray for everything that was so chaotic in the world around us. Mm-hmm. And then I was blessed through ministry and with you to have a intercessory prayer team. So oh, we also, we did during that time. So, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. so prayer requests came in all the time, you know, during that time as well, not just for COVID, but just, and even people living together 24 seven. Some mm-hmm. people never were able, oh, people weren't able to adjust to that environment. So I just found myself, whatever people would ask me to pray about, or if I happened to be on social media and I, I saw the need or people say, pray for this, pray for that. Those were the things that I, I would try to focus on just to kind of ensure that I wasn't being just selfish with my mm-hmm. prayers, but knowing, and then seeing the results and hearing the positiveness from those prayers and right. just knowing that was very encouraging to know if God could do it for them, truly, certainly, most certainly he can do it for me. So it, it definitely helped me. I, um, and what I wanted to, to say is I, I don't know if you found this to be true, but it gets to the place. Like, I'm like, Lord, what else am I going to ask you to, to do for me? Like, <laughs> I mean, am I going to keep asking for the same thing over and over right. if I believe that you're going to do it? So what happened um, to me is like, I, I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't really need to keep asking you for the same thing. So yeah, let me, let me pray for this person who asked me to pray for them or, you know, right. the situation. Um, and I, I feel like that also like strengthened me and helped me because it took it took my focus off of this, um, you know, this feeling of helplessness, you know, right. um, and, and it's amazing too. I think that what God does is even though, and I think you mentioned this earlier, even though you know what you are experiencing and you are going through, he just really opens your eyes too to the needs of, of others. Like, right. yes, yes. Your situation um, may be bad. You may be scared. You, you know, you may be even frustrated, but, oh man, over here, this person is dealing with this, you know? Um, and so I just, I found that too, to be, um, I, I want to say therapeutic for me spiritually, right. you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and definitely to, for people to say, remember when I told you to pray for me and this happened and that happened? Um, I, I was encouraged, you know, again, because for me at that point, it was like, okay, well, if he heard me when I prayed for them and they received their answer, then surely when I did pray for myself, he heard me as well. So it it was encouraging. And so I, I guess that's one thing that I would encourage people to do is definitely you know, concentrate. Yes, ask God for what your needs are, right. but concentrate on on praying for others. Um, 
what is what is your message? And I don't really know how to for for you to answer this question. I don't I don't know what the exact right way would be, but what is your message of of hope for other breast cancer survivors? So my my message of hope is just to continue to strive um, and to be positive, mm-hmm. even um, with your diagnosis. Um, my message of hope is to remember to take care of yourself. And, you know, in the midst of it, you know, you, we have a lot, you know, you hear people that have reoccurrences, don't get weary, keep trying to do well, just, and, and to take care of yourself and to, to take care of yourself in the mm-hmm. midst of it, you know, and then allow yourself to be human. I know we talk about our faith and our strength, but there are days that you may have a low point, but you mm-hmm. don't have to stay there. So, but allow yourself to be human if you need to cry. If you need to to talk to someone, talk to someone. Don't hold it all in and allow the stress of the matter to cause you to to, to doubt or have fear. And then be continue on your health journey. Continue to get your mammograms yearly. Continue to check yourself regularly to make sure that you're okay. Mm-hmm. And um, to encourage others, you know, because in my family there was no no one had breast cancer. There was no cancer that ran in my family. So just um, remember to encourage because some people feel like, well, you know, it doesn't run in my family. That was my set. Mm-hmm. That was one of the things that I didn't worry about because I felt like, well, it doesn't run in my family. And, you know, I haven't, we haven't had that. So for me to have it was very shocking. But now with the knowledge that I have and giving hope is to take care of yourself, get your regular checkups, Talk to your doctor, anything abnormal, don't be afraid to to mention it so that you can continue to to be strong and move along in your journey. Yeah, and to trust God you. in the process. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think one of the biggest things that came out of my experience, um, and again, it's not breast cancer, but it is about right. about advocating for yourself, right? It's mm-hmm. about, you know, you mentioned whether or not you trust your doctor or if you have, if you think, you know, you're, you're not being treated fairly or your doctor is not listening to you, like you have to be your own advocate. You do. You do. You, you really do. Um, because if I, if I had not been my own advocate, I would have probably been dead now or very soon, but I refuse mm-hmm. to let them keep sending me home or, you know, like that doctor that was going to send you home because he didn't think anything was in your leg, but it was a blood clot, like, you know? So, um, I just, I, doctors are, are doctors, but they're, they're human as well. Right. So That's right. Um, as you said, arm yourself with knowledge. And when you walk in that office, be able to ask them questions, you know, right. Right. And take, never be I, afraid to do that. Don't be afraid. I literally, I put my, my questions in my phone because sometimes like, um, as soon as you get in the, in the doctor's office, like everything just goes out of your brain, you know? It does. <laughs> so I've learned to like put my questions in the phone. And when he says, you have any questions? I go, oh yeah, I do. And I pull them out and ask and like, no, you're not going to rush me out of this office because right. I'm going to get a bill, you know, all of exactly. those all of those practical things um, that sometimes we feel like we don't have a right to do, but we actually do. So I, I do encourage all women to please advocate for yourself. 
as you said, it's important. Um, I wanted to kind of want to wrap up our conversation. I wanted to mention this scripture to you because as I was uh, meditating um, about our time together today, this scripture just mm-hmm. came to me like, um, like out of the, I don't want to say out of the blue, but I know the Holy Spirit gave it to me mm-hmm. and it's Romans 8 and 37. And it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Mm-hmm. And I thought about you because, you know, we started this by saying um, it is a survivor's story. But then I I started to, to meditate a little bit on the scripture. And I'm like, I, to me, for for Kim, like there's, there's more than just a survivor. Right. Um, and so I thought about the second scripture that I thought about is that we overcome, um, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our Mm -hmm. testimony. And so I looked up the word overcomer and it says that an overcomer is a person who Mm -hmm. overcomes something. Um, one who succeeds in dealing with or gaining control of some problem or difficulty. So when I thought about you, I'm like, yes, she certainly has gained control, right? Never in in your walk through your journey um, with breast breast cancer did I ever um, feel like it was taking control of you. Yes, you had the diagnosis, but like the diagnosis did not control you. Um, So for me, you you are truly an overcomer. But Tell me what you think about that scripture. What, when you hear it, what does it mean to you? I am more than a conqueror, mm-hmm. overcoming. Um, for me, that that just allows me um, to know, and like on my journey, when I look back into where I am today, it just only makes that come to light. It's such a wonderful scripture that you shared. That I am more than a conqueror. I didn't just gave through or get through, but God allowed his, his, his ultimate healing to take place in my life that I'm, I'm able now to have been on that journey. I'm more than a conqueror. Now I can help someone else. Now I can encourage someone else. It wasn't just about me or for me, but I was able to, I'm now able to encourage. And, um, like now each year I, I do my walk and, um, I just had it on a Saturday that I've been doing annually. And mm-hmm. the more that I do it the, each year that I'm reaching out to someone that may be on their journey or someone that has gone through it. And I hear, matter of fact, this year when I put it out in my neighborhood page, the different people that, that came on and were sharing their stories about loved ones or themselves and how it was inspiring mm-hmm. to hear that I was able to continue to move along my journey and to encourage. So when I think of more than a conqueror and, and, and having um, an opportunity, like I said, to be able to share with someone else that, that I'm just, I'm an overcomer, <laughs> overcome this thing and I'm going to continue to advocate. I'm going to continue to allow people to know that it was nobody but God on my journey. Amen. 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 And so, um, as I was kind of studying and just looking at that scripture a little bit too, it says that um, to be more than a conqueror is like the surpassing victory. So 
Yes, you, you mm-hmm. defeated it. It was stage three. It's gone. But you have a surpassing victory, a, a surpassing victory. Like it's it's just, it's more than you just won. You, right. You surpassed mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of it, when it says that is through him who loved us, um, and it is on the account of, it's because of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he loved us. And I really thought about you, Kim, when I saw this part. And it was like, because it is Christ's discriminating affection towards wow. you. That you wow. are a, ch- <laughs> that you are a choice selection, right? My mom. It, everybody doesn't have that, right? Everybody what? doesn't have that. But I- it is... Um, because he wants to wish you well, he takes pleasure in you because you are his choice selection. So you are more than a conqueror for sure, my sister. Amen, amen. (laughs) And you as well, you as well, who I am so grateful for our relationship and even the encouragement and even watching you through your journey. That was inspirational to me. So, um, as God knew, we were yoked up at the same time yes. on different paths, on different journeys, but He's allowed us to be yes. here together today. Because had it been the other way, Amen. but we thank Amen. God for His yes. goodness. He's a faithful Father. Is like that's my favorite thing about Him is that He's so faithful. So He is. He is. I just love he Him. Is. Well, thank you so much for being with me this evening. Thank you. I really enjoyed and thank you for the opportunity to share my story. And I pray that it will encourage someone else and to know if there is someone out there and they need encouraging or they they need prayer and they get through to you. I don't mind. Yes, ma'am. I I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining me this week. Please make sure that you download the Amago podcast on Spotify. And please check out the notes section. There is a link that will allow you to support the podcast. And don't forget, I am now on YouTube and you can find me at Amago Him. You can find many of the videos on the channel, but please subscribe and please share. You may also visit our website at Amago Him to check out all the coaching and leadership development services that I offer. And you can find me on Instagram at Amago Him or Facebook by typing I-M-A-G-O. Be, sh- be sure to share the weekly reels and posts and please email me. And if you want to reach Sister Kim, please email me at Amago Him. That's I-M-A-G-O-H-I-M at gmail.com. Until then, we'll see you next week. And remember, we shall be just like him.